Good morning, guys. How y'all doing today? You're listening to Peaceful Moment Podcast. I like that. This that's actually like really cute. Peaceful Moment Podcast. Peaceful Moment Podcast. Peace Mode Podcast. Peaceful Moment. Peaceful Moment Podcast. With Jordan Brown. Like that. Let's have a peaceful moment. Peace and blessings, y'all. Blessings and peace. Thank you so much for joining us for a peaceful moment. If you are new here, I want you to know that the glory ahead of you will triumph over your failures in the past. And if you are returning, how you feeling, family? Welcome home. Today on A Peaceful Moment, we have the king himself, the creator, the originator, and the producer of a PSA, the mental health podcast, Mr. Easy Baker. First and foremost, Mr. Izzy Baker is a black man from St. Louis, Missouri, an educator of our youth and a strong voice in our community. Today, we will be talking about growing your community and building your business. Only thing I need you to do, pay attention, listen close, sit back, relax, baby, and just be peaceful. Good afternoon. How's it going? All is well, all is well. Listen, all is well. But how you been today, King? All is well? Everything is good. Um just working doing like i normally do as far as this podcast stuff and just counting down the days to my last day of work what say that again well counting down to i'm officially done working and then officially done well see i'm I'm an educator so Mm -hmm. um, we officially have six weeks left Mm -hmm. um this week coming up the last day is june 3rd um so yeah, that's the that's the last last day, but um, then count down to when I can officially don't have to go to work at all. Come on now. Well, I'm always gonna have to work, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We get to reap reap the fruit of our labor, and not the company that we work for. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Ah, oh, but we made it though. So before we get started, go ahead and introduce yourself to myself and the people. Let us know where we can find you and anything that you're working on. Um, so Izzy Baker, the host, creator, producer, editor, <laughs> marketer <laughs> for PSA, the Mental Health Podcast, a podcast for young mental health conscious millennials with unpopular opinions who struggle with decision fatigue. And for those that don't know what decision fatigue is, it's basically just making healthy decisions. And so with that, um most people i'm not an expert i'm a mental health advocate and i've overcome mental health issues and illnesses through my relationship with god as well as therapy two different uh two different occasions but my guests are so basically my guests range i don't believe in just you know oh i'm only gonna call this person or i'm only gonna get licensed professionals although we've had several licensed professionals and we'll have several more mm-hmm. My show ranges from having an interview with somebody who works for MTV, which we'll all see coming up in a few weeks, or somebody who owns their own uh, law firm, somebody who's a mental health practitioner, and then a cuzzo from down the street. Like, I believe everybody has something to say. Everybody can, you know, come on and speak. So, yeah. And also, you can find my podcast anywhere. It's on everywhere they have podcasts on YouTube. You know, I'm on TikTok. 
on Instagram, obviously. So anywhere you're looking for me, you can find me. Mm-hmm. What an introduction. Ah, damn. Because what most people don't understand is that this podcast and stuff is not for the weak of heart. It is not for the faint of heart whatsoever. So the fact that you out here, how long have you been podcasting, by the way? Um, so I've been podcasting since, what year is this? This is 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been podcasting now for four years, mm. and I'm in my sixth season. Mm. Yeah. It is not for the week. Because, baby, every other week I'll be like, you know what? Maybe I should just let this go. Maybe I should just let, leave this for everybody else to deal with. But I know there's something greater out there for me. So for this um, this new series of the podcast, we're talking about building your community and growing your business. Okay. So as a fellow black man, first of all, I want to say, brother, I commend you for all the work that you're doing, the positivity that you're spreading, and the good message you're giving out to the people. Because there's so many negative stigmas around who we are and what we are and what we do. That it's so amazing to hear of somebody else taking a step forward to make our name better. So I want to commend you. I appreciate you, fellow black man. Dr. Umar will be proud right now. I'm telling you. Yeah. All right. So today's Uh, episode is very quick and easy. I have um, four four basic topics we're going to touch on. And the last will be um, proof of concept, right? So um, there are four things that uh, me and my my first guest who I was talking with um, on this series, there were four things that we talked about that are imperative to building your community. It start with being completely natural in creating your art or your podcast or your music or whatever you're doing. You have to become, you have to be very natural. Number two, you have to bear your soul. Number three, you have to be content with what you're creating. Number four, you have to create and create without connotation. Let's start with being natural. Mr. Izzy Baker, how do you come to your podcast microphone every single episode being the most natural form of yourself? Um, I'm always going to be myself. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say it was easy because I wasn't always comfortable with who I was like as a person. Like knowing that God made me definitely odd and peculiar and much more different than other people. And, you know, the way I think is different, you know, my view on life is different. My sense of humor is a little different, you know, so I definitely had to be comfortable with that, but it, it definitely is, 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 is rewarding. Mm-hmm. When I come to the mic, it's just kind of like, I feel like, you know, when I started my podcast originally, I knew I wanted to start a podcast for, cause I was so irritated by people in this generation who I felt like they were, how you say, how you want to say it? They were, what's what I'm looking for? I'll say a closed mind. And so I hate people, well, not hate people, but people who are my age. I'm 27 now. I started when I was 20. I don't know, I was 23. Well, I was, was going to be turning 24 in a few months, but I started when I was 23. And basically, a podcast for people like myself who, you know, I feel like we're too young to be like, this is how I am. And so originally it was just a podcast made for people to think outside the box and be open to other ways of thinking, which I mean, ultimately I still do that. But now with me going through all these years and finally narrowing down my niche to get to the point where now it's a specific target goal, every episode, no matter the topic, I just get on there with excitement, 
you know, now originally my first, very first season was just me by myself the entire season. And now to where I've changed my niche to now where there'll be, you'll catch me by myself in a limited capacity this season and moving forward. But my season is now interview style. So I like it to where I like to make my guests feel like they're the star at the moment because they are. And it's my, the way my interviews are set up is like, because everyone's doing interviews. So you have to find your way of doing it to where no one's doing it. And for me, my interview style is like, in this instance, the guest, whoever they are, is the expert in that topic. So it's like a weaving. It's like a we're talking about a topic, but you're still interviewing it at the same time. And it's still a topic centered around making the best decision in whatever topic it is. And even yesterday, I had a guest and he was saying how, you know, I've done millions of interviews. He said, but yours just makes feel so comfortable. And it's just like dialogue. It doesn't feel like I'm being interviewed. It's just like a conversation on camera. So that's my goal to make them feel like, you know, we just talking. You don't ever feel nervous or anxious or anything because you don't have a reason to be. And yeah, I just get excited because I feel like my voice matters now. Because growing up, I always kind of felt like I was I wasn't heard. So now to be in a position where I feel like people listening to me, it's kind of a good feeling. Where do you think you got that um you got that courage from? What do you think what do you think that courage started to blossom? It definitely started to blossom after my first therapy session in 2016 when I was kind of going through a lot that year. And then I had felt like God had led me to go to therapy in 2014, but I didn't end up not going for whatever reason. And then 2016 it came back around because I'm a firm believer. God tell you do something. Even if you decide not to do it, you're going to end up doing it eventually. <laughs> so, um, I know that's right. In that case, I had went in 2016, and I was kind of away from people at the time. I really wasn't dealing with a lot of people because some stuff had happened, so I was just kind of to myself. And that's when I decided to go on my campus, the uh, Texas Southern University uh, in Houston, Texas. And as I went, you know, and at the time, which even now, I think a lot more schools are now have made those services free. I mean, it was free for me. To, every time I've been, it's been free. <laughs> but which, you know, I have to be thankful for and not brag about. Because some people really, they have to pay, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was just therapeutic. And it, it was ways of me seeing things about myself that I had noticed and why I do things the way I do them. And, you know the combination of my relationship with God as well, growing tremendously as well as the therapy definitely made it to something like I could only one could imagine. Mm-hmm. And so even then I ended up going actually back to therapy with someone else last year uh, from what? It was only for a few months. Well, both times was actually only a few months, but um, from January of 2021 to like, April of 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and this time it was a black man. And oh, wow. Totally, yeah. And he was totally different. He wasn't that much older than me. I think he was like 34. Now, it was interesting because I've seen a debate between believers and they'll be like, oh, you need a Christian therapist or you, a therapist that's a believer. But my logic is he didn't, his faith, even though he was an atheist or nothing, but he wasn't a believer like that. So, but it didn't matter because even though he wasn't, he still helped me out a lot. So, 
Um, because if that's the case, and that even I heard my pastor has said it, if that's the case, then we need to do it across the board. Mm-hmm. And that means we need a Christian doctor. We need a Christian nutritionist. And with that, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. got to do it across the board. So, yeah, that's crazy because um, I had a similar experience last year was my first time having a, um, a black male therapist. It really blew my mind. He was like he was absolutely incredible. Like the, he would teach me very, very basic things. And I'm like, why nobody ever taught me this? My <laughs> like everybody's problems aren't my problems. I can choose not to help people with their problems. And I was like, wow. I didn't know I had that choice. I thought because you brought a problem to me, I had to fix it. I was always told that a man was a fixer. I don't have to fix your problems. Oh my God. It really just, it blew me away. So I know black male therapist, high quality. Now am I gonna be a therapist? Hell no, it's way too much schooling. They don't get paid enough either. Baby, I'm good off that. But but one thing I heard um, when you were talking, it reminded me of the, the uh the story of jeremiah you know what i'm talking about yeah that's my middle name is it really yeah hmm. wow the story of jeremiah where um the lord said go out and tell um i want you to be my prophet i will raise you up to be a prophet he says i'm too young and he says don't say that if i called you to be something who are you to say you are otherwise. I was like, wow. He said, don't be afraid of men in their faces, for I have raised you up. What did he say? As a fortified city. And so I'm like, well, as he was speaking, I'm like, wow, everything is really lining up right now. It definitely is. And it's funny you say that, because I, I don't know, I'll be honest with you. And we'll check back in. Please check back in with me in a few weeks. But although we got six weeks left, before summer break, mm-hmm. I I don't know what's in been this is the stuff I've been seeing and their feelings on the inside. I don't know. I feel like I'm not gonna make it alone, but not because I feel like it's gonna be some whirlwind of an opportunity that just presents itself where I can dip. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We already here. Be natural. Whatever comes to your hand, be natural. Remember who you are and what you have been called to do and be natural. Amen. 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 The next place we're going to go is you have to bear your soul. So for me, um, so for us, between us two, we are podcasters who talk about um, our mental health on a consistent basis on our podcast. Right. So bearing our soul is not an issue. But what I want to know is how do you bear your soul and stay secure at the same time do you know what i mean absolutely absolutely so for me you know the stuff i talk about i never thought i would talk about publicly oh yeah (laughs) and if we're being honest there's some stuff that i don't want to talk about but that i know at some point i'm gonna have to talk about publicly um, but I can't say, you know, I'm thankful for my experiences, especially like, you know, me overcoming depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation, especially since one of my close friends actually committed suicide last August. And <laughs> it's crazy because it's always the people you respect. Every time. It never fails. Never fails. 
And for me, I just, uh, when he did it and I heard the news, I was like, what? Because when we got the call, I was thinking like, oh, he was in a real bad car accident. And he was in an accident, but it was what was going, he thought was going to happen afterwards as to why he did what he did. He was already going through a lot, you know. But, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, life is too short. Even now you hear people young dying left and right. And for me, I just, just to stay safe at all times and keep your eyes open. And now, you know, having overcome everything, like you couldn't, and I say this respectfully, you couldn't pay me to commit suicide now because I just, my view on life is just so different. And, and with everything that has happened and transpired, I just look at it like life, like I have too much to going on and too much to live for even in the bad moments, because I know it's going to get better. And, you know, with, that's why, you know, and I'm not saying that people who don't believe in God don't kill themselves because they definitely do. But I definitely know that the revelations and things that I've gotten have helped with, you know, that fight. So now it's not even a fight anymore. It's just for me to fight for other people, you know, If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a word all in itself right there. Ooh, that's a word all in itself right there. Your fear helping someone, the thought of helping someone is greater than your fear of embarrassment or your fear of st- I can't, I can't articulate it right now. How would you articulate that? That you're so, basically, you're so caught up in wanting to save others that you don't care about your embarrassment. Because in reality, embarrassment, when you, but see, that's where deliverance comes from, and from shame and guilt. But the thing is, I'm learning that the more you expose stuff, the more it can be used against you. I tell you that all the time, especially people who go into these industries, put yourself on blast. Okay, nobody hold nothing against you, you know? Mm-hmm. Because people will try to out people in a minute for cheating or, you know, scamming and stealing back in the day, whatever. Put yourself on blast. That way they can't use it against you. They can't use it against you. I you ain't leaked my uh my photos. I leaked my photos. I wanted them out there. But I'm so sorry to hear about your friend. Um, cause I know, baby. I know how hard that is. And you said um they passed away in August. Yeah, August of last year. Wow. Oof. I. It's the phone call. It's the phone call. That's always the worst part. That that it's always like this. It's like everybody has the same script when it comes to um somebody passing. Hey, did you hear about um so and so? No, what happened? Oh, well, it seems like X Y Z has happened, and it's like what? Then your whole yeah, world well, is your entire world is shaking. Yeah, when we got the call. My, our homegirl called me and my homeboy at the same time because they we all from St. Louis, but me and my homeboy live in Houston. Mm-hmm. And so she had called us at the same time. And she was like, hey, y'all, so I'm calling with some not so good news. And she was like, you know, he 
passed away last night. And we was like, huh? And so when she said the car, I was thinking, oh, wow, he was in a bad car accident, which is still bad. But it's one of those, if you're in a bad car accident and die, you know it's fate. Mm-hmm. But when it's suicide, you brought that upon yourself. And when I say brought that upon yourself, I don't mean you deserved it. But what I'm saying is you, you know, you did it to yourself as mm-hmm. far as, you know, where if somebody would have walked in at the right time or said maybe the right thing at the right time, it could have saved you. Because you hear those stories about people who they were about to commit suicide. Somebody called them randomly, which we know was, you know, God. But, you know, called them and said, hey, what are you doing? I just want to let you know I love you. And then it just changed your whole outlook, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And it was unfortunate he didn't get a call like that, you know. Mm. It's the strength that takes. Oh, my goodness. So I know. I had a friend um, who passed away in September. Mm-hmm. I found out when I was at work. Oh, and it wow. was just, it was just, it was so, it was so life-shaking. Mm-hmm. But seeing his family and being with them and just like, just, I don't know. It was such a, it was a really beautiful experience. You know, it was very, very sad. It was very painful. But then at the same time to see his mom, seeing her smile, seeing her, like she looked so beautiful. It was, it was just, it was very bittersweet. Yeah. It was like, we can get through this. We can hold our head up. We still can walk forward, but damn, Right. But like you said, our our momentum, our urge to help needs to be stronger than our fear of embarrassment. <sighs> All right. I'll begin somewhere today. Contentment. How do you find contentment in your art form? It makes me feel good, especially in a place where like right now, like so as an educator, I've moved schools a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know in job world, in some cases that looks bad, but it's always a legit reason. But it makes me like think it's all worth it because like when I do this stuff and I get these interviews with these people, because I tell people all the time and I want podcasts, especially YouTube, whoever to hear this. When I, I didn't have no big audience and my audience still ain't the biggest. It's growing and I know it's definitely accelerating even as we speak. But I started off weekly getting like 10 listens, you know, if that. And I know it was certainly by my friends. And now I know it's people who don't even know me, you know, and the opportunities that come. And I know I'm doing something like a man named Michael Unbroken. You know, he'll be on my show in a few weeks. And he was telling me how when he reached out to me and he's very like straightforward and he has like several, like two pod, two or three podcasts and he does that full time and life coach and all these things. And he had these big names on his podcast. And he told me, he said, I've seen your work. I can tell your work ethic by this. He said, because I because he reached out to me. I didn't even reach out to him. Mm. So he said, that's why I reached out to be on your show. He said, because I, I could tell your work ethic. I don't just go talk to anybody, you know, and, you know, you have to shoot your shot. You know, we always talk about shooting our shot for other reasons. Mm-hmm. But Kiki Palmer said it best that she shoots her work shot. That's why she stayed with a job. Because worst case, they'll just say it's no. You know, and I shot, shoot, shot my shot with a few of these people in this industry. And they'd be like, yeah, let's do it. 
you know? So that's what makes it worth the while when these people in these high places are telling you doing a good job, even if, and you know how impressed they are with your stuff, even if you feel like you ain't doing a lot. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that insane that looking at your own work, it always seems mediocre, but once the stranger off the street comes in and looks at the painting that you have created, this wonderful masterpiece, they fall in love with it instantly. Uh-huh. Isn't it crazy that we can give a speech that we practice hours and hours and hours for and we still feel like it's not perfect and then it just changes somebody's life? Right. It makes me think back to like when I was um when I was younger and I would I would paint like um these little random pictures and I used to think to myself, if I put this in an art museum, somebody would probably buy it for a million dollars. You know what I'm talking about? The, um, what's that thing we used to do on a computer? Um, the yeah. Microsoft Paint. You make the scribbles. Yeah. You fill it in with a little color. Yeah, I know you love it. It's so incredible that we we are so humble and so filled with humility that our art form is just mediocre to us. But somebody said some really good um, some really good news to me the other day. She said, when somebody encounters your art. They will see it. They will encounter it exactly when they need it in life. And so when I heard it, I was like, are you serious? The blog posts I've made and all the little... That day has been waiting their entire life for a message like that to be presented to them. That's true. And I think that's beautiful. And lastly, how do you get that urge to create? What gets you out of the bed in the morning and says, Izzy, we got to create something? Honestly, life, something always happening to me. I always got a story. Um, I don't know if you follow my regular page, but mm-hmm. shout out to everybody on here. Follow my regular page underscore Izzy Bank of it. I always do a story time once a week with that pink TV. Um, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly happened. what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I do it, and I got it saved under my thing, and it's called TV Specials, because I always got a story, something always happening to me, or I recount stories happening like when I was a kid, but yeah, y'all need to tune in to that. Just the oof, have mercy. There is always something coming up that reminds you about the greatness, you know what I mean? About the glory Absolutely. of the Father, that even the littlest little instance, like my... um. My pastor said it today that um, he went to the gym. He was on his little elliptical. He was vibing on the elliptical, getting his little uh, cardio in. And then a little lady sat next to him. He said to himself, out of all the little bikes in this in this gym, why did you sit right next to me? And then he noticed that the lady, she one of her legs wasn't going faster than the other leg on the little bike. So her leg was like, her leg kept falling off the little pedal. And he said to her, um, what's wrong with your leg? And she said, well, I just got surgery on it. And I thought if I can just get to the gym and get on the bicycle, maybe it will start working a little bit better. Maybe it will loosen up the, uh, the stiffness. And so he was saying that he used that moment of just pure, pure chaos to just miss that lady and to pray for her. That the small events that happen in our lives can give us so much influence to create. Mm -mm -mm. Absolutely. 
that make me think of the story with the lady in the Bible mm-hmm. when she just said when she got healed and she was just like, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be I'll be made know, whole. Healed. I'll be made whole. And I think that's a word for everybody. Anybody that's listening, whatever situation you find yourself in, no matter how great or how small, whether it's life changing or just a, a needle prick in your finger, use that to further your path. Every step is a step forward. So as long as you're breathing, you can keep on moving. Somebody say amen. <laughs> amen. Somebody say amen. All righty, King. We're at 30 minutes, 17 seconds. Let's talk about our proof of concept thus far. Tell us about how you have grown your podcast. Well, um, so I started my podcast, I told y'all, in 2018. And I grown my podcast just by continuing to put out content as well as taking breaks. My show is seasonal. I know sometimes in podcasts where people just kind of like drop one every episode, every week. But because my podcast is based on decision making and it is based on mental health, I think it's best for my podcast to be seasonal as well as I already know from the beginning because God has given me revelation from the beginning about the end and just kind of let me know like you have other projects and stuff it's okay you do it seasonally that way if you go for three and a half months people know okay his season's over you know mm-hmm. and so basically i let life life especially like i said with my topics and my thing especially you can kind of tell the how i am as a person or where my life is based on my topics at the time or each season last season was a very rough year for me 2021 and you kind of tell in my episodes based on some of the topics about like how to know somebody out or when to let go, when to move on, four reasons why your side of the story doesn't matter, you know, things like that. And then we turn around this season and we got, you know, stuff about so you wanna so you wanna be a star or why you need God in therapy and um what was my first episode this season? Like, dear millennial, f that job. So it's kind of like, you know, it's it's just like uh depends on where I'm at in life. And I know with me being 27, my podcast is for people. My group, my goal, and my target audience is people 25 between 25 and like 32, 33. It's stuff we're going through, you know. So even this season, I'm gonna have a series called Quarter Life Crisis that will feature. You know, topics. It's gonna be because I, I treat. I act like a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I can't rap, but I act like I'm a rapper for some reason. And I treat my podcast like how rappers and musicians treat their works of art. So it's kind of like what I'm feeling, what's going on, and turn it into art. Whether some crazy story happened to me, whether I'm watching TV, whether it be sports, whether it be a reality show, whether it be a cartoon, and it's a scenario that happens, and then I think about our conversations with friends, and we come up with stuff and I'll be like, you know, we going through this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's just kind of how it works for me. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the, um, the hardships you went through? Is it the, does the imposter syndrome get to you ever? Um, but when I started, but now, no, 
Like, because okay. I know my content is fire. Like, not just because I'm fire. <laughs> like, I know that's right. Too, the thing is, too, which people got to understand, a lot of times people have imposter syndrome. And I did an episode over that last season. And I said, uh, it was still when I was still trying to figure out my specific niche. I got it now this season. But the episode was titled, You Don't Have Imposter Syndrome, You're Just an Imposter, something like that. Mm. And basically, a lot of times this imposter syndrome comes from people who sit up and can critique and bash and go in on everybody else stuff. And, oh, that wasn't right, but then it was time for your stuff. Now you're nervous. Now, I'm not saying imposter syndrome is not real and people don't suffer from it. But I personally believe, not everyone, but a lot of people, their imposter syndrome is self-imposed because y'all open the door for the critiques because you're fearful because you sit up and get on everybody else stuff. And I know you know what I'm talking about. People mm-hmm. be sitting up, oh, that hair was out of place. Oh, she should have did this. Oh, they did that wasn't right. Hey, that looked ugly. They did it. And now you're scared because you know, <laughs> you know, you gotta play the pipe. Mm-hmm. Now the spotlight has shifted over a little bit. Right. Now, now it's now your you turn. Mm. That's a word in itself. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> How do you fight um imposter syndrome? Mind your business. That, or for me, it's just, I mean, you have to know who you are. You have to know yourself and know your content and know what you're called to do. And know, and typically with your purpose, I've learned is typically things that you're good at. Now, I'm going to be a little graphic, not just because you're good at sex. I mean, you need to be a porn star. But, you know, you have to know what you're good and what you can do and that you probably since you've been a kid, like what excites you, what makes you, what, you know, mm-hmm. gets you out of bed every morning and, you know, and for me, I always knew that since a kid, I've always loved to make people laugh, and I've always been an excellent writer. As I've gotten older, around 2016, I developed a love for mental health and the way the mind works. I like to seeing like, why do people do that? Why did they say that? Why did they ask this question? I don't believe in, oh, I just want to know. No, you want to know for a reason. Oh, I'm just asking. No, nah, you want to know. You want to know. You, you, there is a reason why. So... Mm-hmm. So you know. But once again, I want to say thank you so much for teaching our youth, for being a black male educator, a black male influencer, another black male voice on the in the being broadcasted around the world. Cause baby, this podcast and stuff is crazy. I have a um, a very faithful listener in South Africa right now. Every episode I see South Africa. So I'm like, shout out to you, South Africa. They haven't talked to me yet. They done, they've never sent me um, a message or anything. But South Africa, I've noticed you. But see, that's me in India. I got some people in India that be listening. It was one month. It was like 800 streams from India. Right. Damn India. Shout out to India then. <laughs> we love India too. So before we wrap up, do you have any advice for anybody out there? Who is struggling to grow their grow their community and their business? Well, shout out to Nikayla Kome, who is the host of Side Hustle Pro, and I think she just got put in the pod. Not think she did; she got put in the podcast Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. And her podcast is all about helping, if not influencing, but highlighting women of color who have made their side hustles, you know, grow big. And so she has a class that I took. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it gives you a lot of tips and tricks on how to build that audience and 
how to start your podcast if you've ever started one, but obviously you passed that part. But just how to grow your show, because it was one month before I did it, and it was in season four, and it was like towards the end of season four, and I had 400 streams one month. I said, no, this is not going to work. I said, that's not going to work. Because I'm too many years in for numbers like this. I'm like, something got to change. And so I ended up taking that class. I was like, it was an investment. And the beauty of those type of classes is you're a member forever. So once you pay the fee, you know, you're always going to be in it. But the main thing is knowing your niche and having that name that stands out. I mean, of course, your name can, your podcast can grow even if your name is like your name. But you just have to know it's going to be a little harder if you don't have that, you know, that backing behind you. That's it. King? Once again, I commend you. Thank you for your diligence and your hard work. Family, remember, every step forward is a step in the right direction. So be humble, be peaceful, be natural, have contentment in your art, and keep creating. Till the next time we, con we convene, y'all, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. <laughs>